Welcome to Conversations Live. For more than a decade, we've brought you the best in books, entertainment, celebrity interviews, and current events. When the movers and shakers of the world have something to say to you, they say it to us first. Here's your host, Cyrus Webb. And welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For our radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, tuning in to our online affiliates around the world, we're glad you all could join us as well. But this is a month that a lot of people are talking about love. It also is recognized as Self-Love Month. But our next guest has written a series of books that only looks at love, relationships, but also marriage and what we should be looking forward to, what we need to be avoiding and the importance of having some very important conversations. We're excited to welcome back Dr. Velma Bagby to our broadcast today. You guys know her as the author of the best-selling The Catch series. She has three books in the series out now. She's already working on book four. Want to talk to her about the success of the series, what it's been like for her to share these characters and the different characteristics, and let you guys know what she hopes you're able to take away from them as well. Dr. Velma, always a pleasure speaking with you. How are you doing? Thank you, Cyrus. It's a pleasure to be here with you as well. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Look, always exciting to speak with you. We never know where these conversations are going to go, and that's what makes them fun. <laughs> as I mentioned, Dr. Velma, this is a time that people are literally, you know, all about love, thinking about love, thinking yeah. about relationships. But also I'm so glad to see so much attention being put on self-love. So when it comes to your series, the Catch series, of course, love and marriage are big parts of it. But what has it been like for you, Dr. Velma, to see the way that people are responding to this series of books that you've written? I am just over the moon excited about the responses I've been given because I stepped into an unknown, uh, uncharted waters for me, and by doing so, I had to take a chance to move in the direction I felt I was led to to move into, and then to get the kind of responses I've been getting. And oh my goodness, this last book, even more so. I'm just over the moon about it. I'm excited. And that's been the cool thing for me to be able to watch Dr. Velma on the outside as someone who's read now, you know, the first three books uh, in the series that are novels. Um, it's been great to be able to see how you've developed, for one thing, the relationship of the daughter and father, which is such a central part of this series, but also how they've uh-huh. been able to use their own experiences, Dr. Velma, to help others. Talk to us about that part of the journey, because for you to be able to talk about these different characteristics and characters, that's one thing. What does it been like for you to show the relationship between this father and daughter in the series? I think that was important because when you talked about the fact that they now have they take their experience and then share their experience with other people, it was similar to my own journey to be able to say that my husband and I in another week will have fifty years together. I, we've been asked from time to time how did how did it how do you how did you make it last? What 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 yeah. was the key? To getting past some of those rough patches, you know, how did you overcome some of the challenges that came up against your marriage, all of those questions. And so my journey is very similar to uh, Pastor Dawson and his daughter Veronica's journey in the series because they, too, had to be open and vulnerable and share some of their experiences with the people who wanted to know more so that they can be successful as well. So it's the same approach that I've taken to writing these books. I'd like to see other people have successful marriages, and that's really my intent. Well, one thing that you've shown in this series is that not everything goes according to plan. We see that with Veronica, the daughter. We see it with some of the men and women we're able to meet in books two and three. 
And yet here, these are people who call themselves people of faith. And I bring up that point for this reason, Dr. Bellman, because there are so many people that think because you're a Christian, because you say you believe in God, you trust in God, that they think all the decisions they make are going to be perfect. What does it be like for you to show the imperfections that we bring, even when it comes to relationships and looking for a spouse? Well, we live in a spiritual environment. We have to understand there are spiritual things that will come up against what we have committed to God to do. I mean, the minute you say that you want to remain in a relationship and, and God has called you to operate in unity and agreement with, with the spouse that he's given you, the moment you make that commitment, you already have made an enemy. And the enemy doesn't like to see that kind of success in marriages because the marriage is supposed to be the church. So, yeah, it's going to come under attack, and that's one of the reasons – in my conversations about pe- preparation, even in the book with uh, Pastor Grayson and what he taught the women, what he tells the men, it's important to understand that element so that you're not putting your face on the enemy. <laughs> that will help save you a lot of time and frustration and arguments, just recognizing that it's not the person. Look beyond the face and discover who your real enemy is. And so that's what's important. So I think that uh, uh, there's a lot of folks that are unlearned. They're not familiar with some of the things that I talk about in the books, and that was, again, my commitment to writing it to make sure that I got that out there so that others will discover what they need to know. And so that was my whole premise, Cyrus. Yeah. So let's let's dive into that a little bit more. For those who are brand new to the series, and of course we, you know, even though you and I have been talking about the series now for over a year, Dr. Velma, there are mm-hmm. some people who are literally just discovering it. I mean, well, let's talk about that part first. I mean, because you have been living with these characters for so much, so much time. What is it like for you to find that there are still people that are just discovering this journey and these characters you've created? Oh, it brings me joy. I get excited about it. And not only discovering it, sharing what they, how they relate it to their own experience or in their own lives. From women who are dating right now, who now um, uses the, the fish to, to um, um, they'll take the name of one of the fish characters in the book and say, hmm, now which, one, which fish are you? You know, and trying to identify and place the guy in a particular category based on what they learned from the book stories. And so it's been exciting for me. So then let's talk about then how it all began, because it all began with the first book, The Catch No One Wants. How did that particular book come about? Um, it came about, first of all, in my struggle to decide whether or not I was going to stay, remain in nonfiction uh, versus fiction. And there's a lot of controversy over fiction among the Christian community. And so I hesitated. But then I felt led because I wanted to make sure that I can weave stories where uh, the readers could find themselves in it, whether they're familiar with scripture or not. So I didn't want to come across as preachy, but I did want to have biblical principles in there. And so that's when I discovered the Christian uh, contemporary fiction as the place I wanted to be. But I still wasn't unsure until I read a reminder uh, on a blog that was talking about the over 50 scriptures that Jesus used in the parable. And I think that was the moment I knew that's where I was supposed to be in the Christian contemporary fiction genre because it reminded me that Jesus wrote and told fictional stories. And yet people discount that and miss that and why he did it. And the folks who at the time was exactly the same audience I'm referring to who may not necessarily be familiar with what God said about this or that or who may not be as familiar with Scripture. So those biblical principles they wouldn't know anything about. 
And so that was exactly where I needed to be, and that's how I discovered the importance of writing these books as Christian contemporary fiction. So in the beginning, that was my shaky start. But then trying to discover, okay, now what do I use? Well, of course, Jesus used fish, and I said, wait a minute. My oldest brother is an expert at fishing, so I, I began there, researching, determining from him what his favorite fish were. And I'm telling you, Cyrus, with the moment he started describing the personality of the fish he, he, he loved catching, as well as how to catch them and the type of bait they had, he had to have for each kind, it, it was like the characters just pretty much stood up and said, here I am, I'm the catfish. Wow. Love that, love that. And such a great thing to show for people to be able to know how they can be able to tell stories that are entertaining, but also, of course, have a great meaning as well. We're going to dive more into yeah. that. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, though, you know, on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome back best-selling author Dr. Velma Bagby. We're talking with her not only about her writing journey that has really been uh, something kind of accelerated with her new series, the best-selling author um, of the Catch series. Dr. Velma, let's talk about that. You and I haven't talked a whole lot about that. I mean, you talk about being a bestseller. I introduce you that way. Has that kind of sunk in for you that because these are not your first books, but has it sunk in for you that these books are the ones that it really have introduced you to a whole new audience? Well, you know, I, that was something I almost missed because I wasn't focused on whether or not it hit the bestseller. I really wasn't, not in the beginning. And I also discovered one of my books had hit, and I, I wasn't watching it. There are people who actually have watch parties to see when the book is released and whether or not it's going to hit the bestseller. Well, I hadn't done any of that. It was only after the second book that I began to just observe and look to see. So it wasn't my, it wasn't a goal of mine, but I'm grateful for it. So uh, it wasn't my priority at the time, but I'm thankful that I, I, I was able to hit bestseller on the entire series. Yeah. And you have been able to have these great conversations both online and offline. Talk to us about that, what that's been like for you to have these real conversations with men and women, I should say, about these characters, these characteristics, and what you hope they're able to take away from it. I hope that they're able to take away really the message in each of the stories because there's a message in all of it. And, of course, aside from the stories, there's the main character, Pastor Grayson and his daughter, in each of the books where they are also sharing um, principles that people need to be aware of. And so many people have expressed some uh, surprise and shock at some of the examples. And I think one of the things that has stood out for many of them is that uh, red reference, R-E-D, that that R-E-D, which stands for uh, red flags, uh, retreat, extremely dangerous. They were shocked about that, but it made so much sense to them. Yeah. So let's talk about that, because ego gets in the way in everything we do, whether we're talking about personally or professionally, whether we want to admit it or not. I think everyone kind of goes into a situation, someone tells you, well, don't do that, this will happen. You say, oh, no, I can do that. You know, if, you know, this, you know, we, we see it in your series about these individuals who see signs, both men and women, but say, oh, well, you know what, I can handle that, or that's, that's really nothing. What has that been like for you to have them talk about, to notice those, because of what you just said, Dr. Belma, Noticing those red flags and taking notice of them and not thinking mistakenly, I should say, that you can change the person. Well, there's two things I want to say about that. I've spoken about that before, and it's going to be coming out again. There are a lot of women, because of their nurturing spirit, 
tend to do that anyway, which is out of line and it's out of order. You cannot, it's not like, I think I've referred to the Build-A-Bear um, store in the malls where children can go and pick out the type of bear they want. They put the stuffing in there. You pick out the eyes, the outfit, all that's build a bear. Well, I say that it's, this process is not about building a man to fit what you hope to have in a husband. That's not our job. That's something he has to discover, and uh, God has to help him to, to be who he needs to be on, the, on his own. It doesn't take a woman to help him to do that. And so in terms of change, I think it's the wrong perspective. We can't change anyone. Our hands are full with just trying to fix who we are. Just trying to make sure we make the adjustments in our own self. And so I always emphasize, and even in the books, Pastor Grayson emphasizes self-examination. Examine your own self. Find out whether or not you're ready for this. It's like the conversations I've had with other people about women create the list of what they want to see in a man. Well, first of all, find out if you can make, meet everything on that list. Right. Such a great, such a great reminder here, and I think it's something that we don't always think about because, as is human nature, I will give us an out here, Dr. Velma. As human <laughs> nature, we're so quick to look at other people. We don't think about ourselves that we could be part of the issue, and that takes us back to the catch that no one wants because that's one thing that Grace Grayson was able to very tactfully yet lovingly get Veronica uh-huh. to think about that. You know right. what? What you may think about these men may be true, but what about you? What about yourself? So I want to talk about the the evolution of Veronica, because I think that's an important part of this conversation that we don't always dive into, because the Veronica that we meet in the catch no one wants is not the same one as the wrong catch she'll, she'll tear down the house. <laughs> so what has it been like for you to kind of show us not only the change in that character, but also show us what can happen, though, with people when they choose to make the changes in their lives. Isn't that all of us? I mean, think about in terms of the, the stories and how they were patterned after the parables. They, the parables were weaved, Jesus weaved the stories in a way that he was able to identify the problem the person was having or the space the person was in that was not the space they should be in. So he weaved those stories in a way that the person couldn't discover themselves in it. So that was the whole point, to discover yourself. And then he provided within the stories the way to change or kind of the redemption plan. But it was up to the person at the end to make those changes. So a person who's complaining about the type of men that they would meet, then they need to check their, their examine their own hearts because your heart is the attraction. And so mm-hmm. if your heart is the attraction, you have to figure out what, what's your heart saying to these people because if you keep have, keep running into the same type of man that you feel is the wrong kind of man for yourself, then it's not the man's fault. It's yours. Examine what's happening in your own heart first, and I think that's important. And, and I think also Grayson mentions that the men as well. Because he says, if you're looking for a ruby, make sure you're going to be at ruby level as well. So, again, going back to examining ourselves first. You mentioned Grayson and the men. So let's talk about the, the wrong catch you'll tear down the house for a moment. Because I told you, one of the things that really struck me, even as a single guy, was Grayson talking to those men just about the struggles they automatically face, even outside yeah. of looking for a mate, even outside of all of that. That to me, Dr. Velma, I haven't said it to you this way before, but that to me is one of the most powerful things about this series to me because I think a lot of times we forget of what people are having to deal with from day to day. 
you know, and yeah. a lot of times we see them and we don't think about what it, t- even though they may not be the best version of themselves that day, mm-hmm. we don't know what it mm-hmm. took for them to get where they are. So wh- I wanted right. to ask you, because I have not asked you before, why was that important for you to mention from Grayson about what he understood they were dealing with even outside of what they were covering in the class? There were two reasons for that, and one and one of the reasons was to affirm what men have to go through. It was important. I wrestled with actually. I wrestled with it. I said, now, nah, I don't want to offend anybody by what I have to say here, but I think it's important to, for it to be said because it's the truth. I, I watch my husband sometimes come home from work, and I know that he had a tough day just by the expression on his face. He had a, a supervisor that wasn't um, what you would call your your cordial type supervisor. So he was a little arrogant. And having to deal with that type of a relationship every day at work can be, you know, really ta- uh, taxing. It takes a lot to keep all your feelings and emotions in check every day at work. That's what he was going through. And I yeah. wanted not only the men to see that and be reminded of that, that there are people who who watch and understand what they have to go through. But it was important for me because women enjoy the series. And so when they read that, they too will develop some compassion for what a man has to go through because that translates to your going into a marriage. You have to understand what your husband has to go through outside of the walls and be understanding in the fact that you want to present a home that's pleasant and peaceful when they do enter in and not choose that moment to pick a fight when your husband has gone through all these things I mentioned in the book. Yeah. Let's talk about managing expectations. You mentioned, of course, earlier the list. Uh, And, of course, Veronica went through that whole thing uh, for herself and also for a prospective mate. Men and women do the same thing. How important is it for us as we're reading the series and enjoying the story? Because it is a great story, and I don't want people to, even though I tend to in the way I ask questions sometimes, I realize that I I bring out the seriousness of it all. But it is an entertaining story. But how important (laughs) is it for you to, Dr. Bellman, to make sure that we remember the importance of being realistic uh, in what we expect, uh, but also not expecting something like you were just alluding to that we're not even ready for and don't give ourselves? Right. Really, it was really about – the reality of everything. You have to make sure that uh, when you talked about expectations, that's the reason Grayson focuses on looking at the characteristics of the person. Again, look, if God looks at the heart, then that's what we should be looking at as well, the heart of the person. Who are they really? How do they love? How caring are they? How committed are they? All of that, do they love God? All of those characteristics you want to find versus a superficial stuff where we focus on what a person looks like on the outside. I mean, yeah, that might be wonderful, but what's beneath that? And so we we fall in love with the exterior or what we see on the outside, which is what Grayson calls conditions that change over time. So what you think you see now is not going to be the same thing you'll be looking at 20 years from now. So to fall in love with that doesn't make sense, but fall in love with something more credible. The characteristics are more credible and they last over time because the character of the person is not going to change. It will only improve over time versus those conditions that won't. So I think it was important for me to show that and be realistic about how that happens when you meet someone. Be realistic about the person's heart and their characteristics. And I felt like uh, Grayson and Veronica did a great job in communicating that to 
in Veronica's story, it was a great job because remember, she almost missed out on a young man that had been in her, around her all her life. She just judged him based on the type of work that he was doing. And again, that's what a list will do for some women when they set a standard for the person making a certain amount of money. He must be in a certain type of occupation. That's craziness. Because who's yeah. to say you're, you're going to be where you are 10 years from now? You may not have that job that you, you, you're bragging about at this time and judging the man on. So it's important for us to really realistically look at what's, what's important. Right. I think that is such a great point. So the last thing I want to talk to you about, Dr. Velma, before the time gets away from us, it always happens with us. But <laughs> I want to talk about Dr. Velma Bagby, the author, because mm-hmm. this series has taken uh, has taken you on a journey, just like it's taken the readers on a journey. As an author, what has it been like for you to have crafted these three books? As I mentioned, we know there's going to be more to come, but also to actually see people enjoying them, because that is the the goal of every author. So as an author, how fulfilling is that for you? It's very fulfilling, Cyrus. It's not only fulfilling in terms of an author, but I'd like for it to also produce that same feeling when I get out to speak. And that's my next um, goal is to begin getting out there and having the conversations in person with the audience that have fallen in love with the series. And so I think it's important. That was my goal the entire time. That's why I took this approach, didn't know that it was going to be as successful as it is, but what it's done is confirmed my uh, calling and, w- and what direction I'm going to be taking my in my speaking career as well. Love that. Love that. So definitely looking forward to what you have to come. And you mentioned earlier, and I want to go back to it because I think it's an important thing for aspiring authors out there. You mentioned the chorus the way some people feel about the genre that you're writing in now. But you've also talked about another work. I've referenced it with you before, Dr. Velma, about the importance of trusting your own voice. So what would you say to aspiring authors out there about the importance of doing just that, to, yes, to be inspired by others, but to make sure that you're staying in the lane that is meant for you? Well, I remember when I, in the very beginning of this writing journey, I was still very new at it, and I joined a Facebook group, and the host of that group was a trainer, and um, she told the group at that time that it's important for you to make sure you know who your audience is, that you understand what it is you have been called to write about, so know and understand your voice, so embracing that, and she said, if God had given everybody in the world an assignment, there would still be plenty of work for others to do. So it's not a competition, but no one else can say it like you, and no one else can spell it out for you. And there's an audience waiting for you to write that book. And that was my greatest motivation when I heard those words. Yeah. It's a great reminder. And what another great conversation with you, Dr. Velma, as it always is. Again, everyone, Dr. Velma Bagby has been our guest. We've been talking with her about her career, also the success of the Catch series. They are available on Amazon right now at a great price, so do not miss out on that. You can get the Kindle edition as well as the print edition for a really good price on Amazon. So make sure you guys head over there and get those. And Dr. Velma, how can our audience stay connected with you? I am, you can reach me on my website. Make sure you subscribe because I am going to reinitiate my um, newsletter and a few other special treats along the way. I have some giveaways as well, and that's at www.drvelmabagby.com. I'm on all the social media platforms just as Dr. Velma Bagby. 
All right, Dr. Velma, always a pleasure talking with you and looking forward to our next chat together. Thank you, sorry. So am I. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webb, saying as always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let's go make today amazing. Take care.